Hello, everyone. This is Tim Dodd. Welcome to the Believer's Faith Challenge podcast. Thankful to give witness to tens of thousands, yes, and to the millions that believe it and believes it. I believe that God's going to let me live to pack it until all around the world it's been circulated. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast today. This is the Believer's Faith Challenge podcast where we report on the works of God all over the world as relates to the end-time word. Today we are continuing playing the audio portion of A True Witness, the testimony of Ed Biskell. And as we hear this testimony, we are also hearing from the founder of the Believer's Faith Challenge Report on which this podcast is based. So now we present to you a true witness, the testimony of Ed Biskell, Episode 5, The Soldier Boy. This account is regarding a soldier boy and uh, knowing that I had raised, I'd been raised in quite a few of the army camps, U.S. Army camps, during the building of the Alaskan Highway. Now, this was 1961, so I had not seen a U.S. Army uniform, but I, 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 in the foyer of the church, or it wasn't the church, it was the church hall in Dawson Creek, United Church Hall in Dawson Creek. And I, I looked through the people and I could see a staff sergeant on a tunic. And so that caught my attention. I thought, that's nice to see, you know. And then I didn't see it anymore. Then while we're in the service, We've come to the end of the service. It is Saturday evening. Uh, and Brother Branham has preached the service from that time. And we've come to the end of the service and he begins to sing. The whole congregation begin to sing, I love him, I love him. And right in the midst of that course, at the first end of the course. What's the matter, soldier boy? You're not going to commit suicide. The devil's lying to you, boy. You've only got a phobia. He's lying to you. He'll drive you insane if you believe him. Deny him. Renounce the devil. I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to renounce the devil and accept Jesus Christ as your healer. You'll go back and be a gentleman and a real, real man. Do you do it? Raise up your hands to God and say, praise God. That's right. Oh, amen. Now go back home and be well. All in believing, raise your hands and give him praise. The amazing thing is, I was there. I was on the platform. And so I immediately thought of this, this tunic that I had seen. And, and young people were buying, you know, army uniforms and uh, tunics and so on, just wearing it as jackets. So I didn't know but what it was that 
And uh, so I began to look for Soldier Boy and others were looking also. There were also some Canadian uh, soldiers that had been attending the meeting. One of them became a very, very firm believer. And uh, we couldn't see any Soldier Boy at all. And Brother Branham continues to talk to him and says, you'll go home and be a real gentleman and be a real man. Deny the devil, deny him. And so it was a, it was a startling moment, really. And the next day we were leaving, or the following day, we were leaving early in the morning on Monday morning. Brother Branham did not know where we were taking him. I was just taking him up the Alaskan Highway and we were going to go about 375, 400 miles. So we drove as far as Fort Nelson, which is mile 300. And I said to Brother Branham, I said, you know, maybe, by, maybe we should have a bite to eat because by the time we get up to Brother Southwick's place, which will be mile 375 at that time, I said, you know, Sister Lila will probably be done her dishes at Sister Southwick. And he said, I think that's a good idea. So we just pulled off on an access road on the left side and stopped at a little, little stopping place. It was like a little hotel. When the U.S. Army pushed the highway through, through Fort uh, Dawson Creek and then Fort St. John, they passed the town and then the service stations, etc., built alongside of the road. And so we stopped in there where there was a restaurant, just a little clapboard building, probably two stories. And uh, we're having our, uh, we're gonna have our lunch. Brother Chris Berg was with us. There was Brother Chris Berg, Brother Branham, and myself. And we sat in a booth. The waitress had come and taken our order. And just after that, the door opened, which was on the side of the building, and in came two men. And I recognized as one as being the soldier boy that I'd seen in the tunic unit, the tu tunic uniform, I should say. And uh, I, when I looked at him, I said, well, fancy seeing you here. I had been away from this area for about a year and a half. And Brother Branham, he just looked up over his shoulder like this to see who it was I was talking to. He thought maybe perhaps one of my old friends. I don't know what he thought exactly. But just then a, a kind of a stout, heavier set man squeezed between him and came around and, and thrust his hand down towards Brother Branham and said, Brother Branham, he said, Remember calling out the soldier boy? And, and Brother Branham was a little startled because he hadn't expected that. And he said, uh, uh, he, he said, he looked across the table, he said, did you remember Brother Eddie? I said, yes. You said, hey, you'll not commit suicide, soldier boy, that's the devil talking to you. He said, yeah, that's what you said, that's what you said. And he's shaking Brother Branham's hand. He said, well, I brought him all the way from Fairbanks. And we, we tried to get him into a prayer line and we weren't able to get him into a prayer line. He said, this is him. W would you pray for him? 
And uh, oh, sure. And just that moment, the waitress came and slid our soup in front of us. And uh, so, so Brother Brown said, well, uh, perhaps, and that was one of my first real shocking moments. I thought Brother Branham was going to stand and pray for him, cast that devil out of him, you know, because that was how I had been brought up. And Brother Branham said, well, maybe we'll just eat our soup first. And I thought, eat our soup, you know. Here, here's a soldier boy trying to commit suicide. So anyway, they said, well, that'll be fine. We need to get something to eat ourselves. And they went down two, three booths and sat in uh, to have their dinner. And then Brother Branham entered into visions and he just looked over my head and uh, began to talk about what had happened in the prayer line the day before. He said, I believe there was a blind woman that came through the service yesterday. And I said, well, I, I can't remember a blind woman. And Brother Chris Berg spoke up. He said, yeah, I believe there was a blind woman. And Brother Branham, he's, he's not really acknowledging our conversation. He just looking over my head. And uh, he said, yes. He said, let's see. Yes, he said, oh, I understand. I say now. He said, there's a young German woman that has given up her place in the prayer line to lead the blind woman through. And then he, he looked at me. He said, you see, Brother Eddie, it may be that she's praying right now. And he, he said, uh, just a moment. And he looks away for a moment. He said, yes, she's a German woman. Just to help you believe, he said, I'll ask him and he'll give me her name. And he just looked away. He said, yes, her name is Sister Fair. In English, we would say fair, but in German, we would say fair. Sister Fair, and then he just moved his head for a little bit. He said, you see, perhaps she's praying just now. He said, she has a heart trouble. She has an, uh, two or three organs in her body, and he named them and said, she's, she may be praying just now. I asked my father if he could find this woman and my father found her. She was in a, uh, a city quite a bit south of Dawson Creek. And it would have been about 500 miles from where we were sitting. And I, I just found myself in an unusual place. And now with that soldier boy in his need, Brother Branham became under that burden. So as soon as we were finished eating, we got up to pay the bill. And Brother Branham, he's standing right in front. He wouldn't, he wouldn't let anyone pay the bill. So he's standing right in front of the cash desk. And we're, I'm standing right beside him. And the soldier boy came in, and he's right behind him. And the soldier boy just tapped him on the shoulder. He said, Brother Branham, he said, just two minutes, just two minutes. Oh, sure, he said, and, uh, and, and a little, we were all in a group there. And we walked out the door, and outside the door was a small sidewalk. It went down here, 
uh, would be to the left as we came out and went down to the garbage cans and up to the right would be where the cars were parked on the gravel access road. And so I and Chris Berg and the little heavy set fellow who drove him down uh, went up, we, we went up there, but I faced myself so I could watch and see that Brother Branham, what he was doing, because I was very, very curious in my young heart. I was about 26, 27, and I'd been preaching for several years, but I was just, uh, there was no such a thing as knowing the message yet. There's no such a thing. I had no knowledge of Malachi 4. I had no knowledge of Revelation, no knowledge of a messenger. I only knew that Brother Branham had a unique, the unique uh, part of his ministry was the angel of the Lord that was always there. And I thought, if that angel of the Lord is in attendance at these meetings, Regardless of what anyone has said about him or said about his doctrine, I would, I would know by the presence of the angel of the Lord that he would not honor something that was not correct or true. And so as I was watching Brother Branham, I saw that he had his hat off and I knew that he was praying. And then he slipped his hat back on and both, of, both he and the soldier boy turned around and they're walking very erect towards me. The soldier boy was a bit, quite a bit taller than Brother Branham. And I thought, at that instant, I thought, now this could be a very charismatic moment and I'm not I'm gonna be swept away by the, you know, the excitement or the emotion of the moment. And that's what I had just had in my heart. But the soldier boy's face was completely transformed. He was, he was just totally relaxed. And he thrust his hand up into the air with his fist. He said, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. And they came up and the soldier said to me, he said, this man told me something that only I and my wife in this world know. He says, and when he did, it was gone. So we stepped into our cars and we said our farewells and I guess I understand I took a picture of them and which I'm, and this is a unique part of this ministry and a unique part of my testimony is the eternal aspect of God because here I had it on the platform. Now here we were 300 miles up the road and all I can really say is I was there on the platform. I heard him call the soldier boy out. We have it on tape. Now I'm 300 miles away and you, you have to understand where we were standing you probably could go a thousand or fifteen hundred miles north and never see a human. You could probably go at least five, six, seven hundred miles south and never see a human down the Rocky Mountain Trench from where we were. Truly a needle in a haystack. 
And that man had brought the soldier down for prayer from Fairbanks, Alaska, 1,523 miles on a very difficult journey. Actually believed, he said, I believed that we would find you. And the soldier boy spoke up and he said, that is correct. This man actually believed we would find you today. And to find two humans or three humans in that part of the world was is more than a needle in a haystack. It just had to be sovereign, almighty God. And now he's saying his final words. While they were down praying at the garbage cans, this heavyset man was kind of nervously speaking. He said, uh, he's tried to commit suicide three times. He's been under the care of the army doctors. And he said, they can't figure out what's wrong with him. He has, he has a lovely Christian wife and two beautiful children. And they just couldn't figure out what was wrong with him. When we got in our cars, Brother Branham, he just on the little access road and it was rough. And Brother Branham said to me, he said, Brother Eddie, he said, uh, you don't know this young man, or I said, no, I don't really. He said, he's not a good friend of yours. I said, no, I don't know him. He said, uh, not likely you'll ever see him again. And I, I, know, I noticed that, not likely you'll ever see him again. And I said, uh, no, I said, he lives in Fairbanks, Alaska. I live in Victoria, British Columbia. Not likely we'll ever see him again. He said, now just to help you believe, he said, if, if you knew him, if he was a good friend of yours, I'd never tell you. But he said, when we got to the end of the sidewalk, he came to us there. I knew exactly what he was talking about. He came to us there and told him he had a lovely Christian wife and two beautiful children. I just heard that two, three minutes before from his friend that drove him down. And I wouldn't be telling this account to you or the world if he'd said he had a, a Christian wife and three children. But the man told me he had a lovely Christian wife and two children. Here's Brother Branham telling me he has a lovely Christian wife and two children, but he had been committing homosexual acts with young men. And as soon as he said that, he said as soon as that was uncovered, Satan lost his power. And I, I learned a great truth at that moment that all Satan has to be is exposed. Once he's exposed, he's lost his power. Now here I come to a very unique part of this whole ministry. That one that was talking and speaking, he came to us there. That one who said what his problem was, that God is timeless, he's eternal. And it was 36 years later, 
36 years later, a few years ago, uh, I was in my study and I came upstairs and my daughter Marilyn, our, our middle daughter, her and her husband Mike had been down to Florida and had been visiting a church and a pastor, Brother Bob Brown, gave Marilyn a picture and said, here, give this to your dad. I think it may be Northern Canada and he might know something about it. So when I came upstairs from study, my wife said, Marilyn left a picture here for you. Brother Bob Brown set it up. So I went to the little telephone desk and I'm, I'm holding the picture and it's the soldier boy and the man that brought him down from Fairbanks and Brother Branham standing between them and I took the picture. I couldn't remember taking the picture, but I was the only other person except Brother Chris Berg who wouldn't know how to handle a camera. And I was struck into silence. And, she, and my wife said, what is it? I couldn't seem to answer her. She said again, what is it, what is it? What is the picture? I said, it's the soldier boy. I said, I've got to call Brother Brown. So I called him and got him on the phone right away. I said, Brother Brown, where did you get this picture? He said, well, I had a young man here in the church. He was kind of a, you know, he wasn't really stable. He didn't seem to be stable. He was here and then he would be drifting someplace else. I said, is he still there? No, he said, he's not here anymore. He said, and he was working in a, with a construction company. Uh, they were building a mall and some people were in there doing the floor. And this young guy, he was always wanting to witness to somebody. So he was talking to this man about Brother Branham, and he said, and the other fellow said, well, I've had my picture taken with him. And he brought him that picture. And Brother Branham had said to me, not likely you'll ever see him again. I tried to make contact with him, but I could not, I never have seen him since. Not since that day a week in Fort Nelson, British Columbia. And so I begin to realize the timelessness and how something, an event will happen, but it's not just a single event. It just keeps unfolding and unfolding because it's an eternal God. And that is the story of the soldier boy. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Remember, friends, the bridegroom will not come until the bride has made herself ready. She must be both called and fully dressed by the Word of God. This is the Believer's Faith Challenge Report podcast. You can sign up for our email newsletter at BibleWay.org. Scroll to the bottom of the page where it says Newsletter. Fill in your name and email address and click sign up. 
In this email report, you will receive reports of the works of God in China, in Africa, in South America, in India, Europe, all over the world. We also publish a full-color paper newsletter two times a year, complete with photographs, reports, and testimonies from all over the world. The newsletter is free. Just request it, and we would be happy to mail a copy to you. You can contact us by email at info at bible-believers.org. That's info at bible-believers.org. Or you can write to us at Bible Believers, P.O. Box 128, Blaine, Washington, 98231. That's Bible Believers, P.O. Box 128, Blaine, Washington, 98231. This is Mark Ajo. Thank you for being with us today. And be sure to join us for the next Believer's Faith Challenge Report podcast.